Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Socialist Revolution Podcast, a podcast for communists. Just what is communism? You communists. Communists? A specter is haunting Europe. The specter of communism. communism. The presence within America of communist propaganda dedicated to the establishment of a new order. Communism, stronger, more determined than ever. Are there communists in this organization? Thousands of Americans actually aiding the communists. The children of present-day America will live in a communist society. My name is John Peterson. I'm the executive editor of Socialist Revolution magazine. You can visit our website at socialistrevolution.org. Above all, we offer an unapologetically communist perspective on the world, on the need to bring down the Democrats and Republicans, and for the building of a mass revolutionary communist party that can smash capitalism and usher in a world of superabundance for everyone. This episode, we're focusing on the editorial for the September 2023 edition of Socialist Revolution, issue 42, which is titled, The Communists Are Here. In the February issue of Socialist Revolution, we wrote, The communists are indeed coming, and they're coming not to reform capitalism, but to abolish it. They're coming by ones and twos, dozens, hundreds, and thousands, shaped by their life experience in this system. The international Marxist tendency is working to organize and train them in Marxist theory and Bolshevik methods. History is on our side and we have nothing to hide. We are proud to reject the status quo and to fight for a better future for humanity. Fast forward a few months through a summer of climate disasters, grinding imperialist war, defiant labor strikes, and intensifying political and economic instability, and consciousness has been transformed even further. An entire generation of young workers is desperate to find a way out of the impasse. This illusion by the cowardice and prevarication of class collaborationist liberal socialists like Bernie Sanders and AOC, millions are seeking far more radical solutions. Recent polls have revealed the depth and breadth of the sentiment, with 28% of Gen Z and 22% of millennials expressing a favorable view of communism and even more viewing Marxism positively, according to the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. And according to the Fraser Institute, 20% of those aged 18 to 34 believe communism is the ideal economic system. Reactionary pundits like Sam Mabodo of the Washington Examiner lament that those young Americans who view communism favorably are either ignorant or cold-hearted. He blames a failure of education for these shifting views. But the cause of these trends is not a failure of education, but the failure of capitalism. These polls are not merely anecdotal. They reveal a dramatically shifting worldview. Behind those percentage points are millions of young people seething with discontent and wondering en masse, is this really all that life has to offer? Three years after the defeat of Black Lives Matter, this enchanted despair is being transformed into class rage and a burning desire to do something. Not just anything, mind you, but to turn the world upside down. The strength of these fresh forces lies in their numbers, their fighting spirit, and willingness to smash all obstacles to change the world. However, although capitalism creates communists, experience shows that spontaneity and revolutionary elan are not enough, and that a lack of organization and theoretical education can be fatal when confronting the centralized power of the capitalists and their state. 
Now, in the years since Bernie's betrayal, right populist demagogues have filled the vacuum where combative class politics should be. But this has its limits and the right cannot hold that ground indefinitely. However, if a viable Bolshevik alternative is not built in the coming period, millions may swing toward the shipwreck of ultra-leftism. By moving too quickly ahead of the rest of the class, even an organization of 100,000 could find itself isolated from the masses and unable to play the role of revolutionary catalyst, and this could have disastrous consequences. The IMT aims to cut across this dynamic by energetically organizing and training thousands of young class fighters in the ideas and methods of genuine communism. If we are to harness all of this energy into revolutionary change, we must come out swinging as the boldest critics of capitalism while offering revolutionary class struggle solutions and organization. For this, we need political clarity, starting with an understanding of what communism is and isn't, and its relationship to socialism. Although socialism went mainstream over the last few years, its real content has been watered down, made wishy-washy and vague, by those who think capitalism can be tinkered with and reformed without abolishing private property of the means of production. Instead, these so-called socialists soften its razor's edge and blur the lines of class collaboration. In his inimitable way, Lenin rebuked these enemies of genuine socialism and class struggle. As he put it, The dialectics of history were such that the theoretical victory of Marxism compelled its enemies to disguise themselves as Marxists. Liberalism, rotten within, tried to revive itself in the form of socialist opportunism, they interpreted the period of preparing the forces for great battles as renunciation of these battles. Improvement for the conditions of the slaves to fight against wage slavery, they took to mean the sale by the slaves of their right to liberty for a few pence. They cravenly preached social peace, that is, peace with the slave owners, renunciation of the class struggle, etc., they had very many adherents among socialist members of parliament, various officials of the working class movement, and the so-called sympathizing intelligentsia. Now, as Marx explained, socialism is merely the first or lower phase of communist society, a transitional period that bridges the present world of capitalism and the classless, stateless communism of the future. As Trotsky put it in his comments on the Communist Manifesto, when, in the course of development, class distinctions have disappeared and all production has been concentrated in the hands of a vast association of the whole nation, the public power will lose its political character. That's from the Communist Manifesto. Trotsky then adds, in other words, the state withers away. Society remains freed from the straitjacket. This is nothing else but socialism. So contrary to the fiction peddled by the pro-democratic party reformists, genuine socialism is not about modest redistribution within the confines of capitalism. It is revolutionary and internationalist and represents a fundamental rupture with capitalist property relations and the status quo. So, although the personal property of the vast majority will not be touched, the essential backbone of the economy must be brought into public ownership and planned democratically and rationally. On this basis, we can build a world in which society's guiding principle is from each according to their ability to each according to their needs. Now, adding to the confusion of all of this are those who have usurped and misused the terms communist and Marxist-Leninist. We have to be absolutely clear that Stalinism in its various forms was a counter-revolutionary aberration and a historical dead end that led only to capitalist restoration. 
Genuine communism is about human liberation and material superabundance for everyone, not bureaucratic privilege, police terror, and scarcity. Thankfully, most of the young generation have moved beyond this inanity and are attracted by the real essence of communism, not its totalitarian caricature. Nonetheless, some people still harbor illusions in this brand of Menshevik liberal class collaboration and radical clothing and have no real understanding of the events that transpired after Lenin's death. In his classic expose, Stalinism and Bolshevism, written at the height of Stalin's purge trials, Trotsky set the record straight about these gravediggers of the revolution. Quote, to be sure, in a formal sense, Stalinism did issue from Bolshevism. Even today, the Moscow bureaucracy continues to call itself the Bolshevik Party. It is simply using the old label of Bolshevism the better to fool the masses. So much the more pitiful are those theoreticians who take the shell for the kernel and appearance for reality. In the identification of Bolshevism and Stalinism, they render the best possible service to the counter-revolution and precisely thereby play a clearly reactionary role. The present purge draws between Bolshevism and Stalinism not simply a bloody line, but a whole river of blood. The annihilation of all the older generation of Bolsheviks, an important part of the middle generation which participated in the Civil War, and that part of the youth that took up most seriously the Bolshevik traditions, shows not only a political but a thoroughly physical incompatibility between Bolshevism and Stalinism. As for Marxism, it is a revolutionary worldview that scientifically analyzes nature and society in their contradictory motion, change, and development. To be a genuine Marxist is to embrace the philosophy of Marxism, dialectical materialism. It is to be a revolutionary communist and an implacable enemy of exploitation and oppression in all its forms. It means having confidence in the working class and its potential to transform the world. And Trotskyism is merely the continuation of revolutionary Bolshevism and communism in the interwar period after Lenin's death. It's no accident that Trotsky was murdered on Stalin's orders, along with thousands of other leaders and participants in the October Revolution. The IMT is proud to trace our political lineage through Trotsky and Lenin to the authors of the Communist Manifesto. History has come full circle in the 175 years since that founding document was published and on a much higher plane. The objective conditions for socialist revolution and the transition to communism are rotten ripe and the subjective factor is maturing rapidly. But historic junctures like this do not last forever and we cannot afford to miss any more George Floyd moments. As the pace of history accelerates, humanity is approaching a decisive crossroads and we must have a sense of urgency. Fortunately, the communists are not merely coming, we are already here, and we invite you to get organized in our ranks. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Big thanks as always to Laura Brown, our audiovisual producer whose hard work behind the scenes makes these episodes possible. If you liked what you heard today, please share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating, which will help other listeners find us. Or consider making a donation to the International Marxist Tendency or subscribing to Socialist Revolution magazine. Better yet, if you're a communist, why not join the IMT and bring these ideas to your family, friends, neighbors, and co-workers? You can learn more about us and about getting involved at socialistrevolution.org. Long live the working class and long live the world revolution and communism. Oh, oh, oh.